What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, here actually with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike, for this episode. Today, we're going to be going over basically just everything week 13 up until this point. As always, we're recording during Sunday Night Football, so please mind our reactions to anything crazy that Patrick Mahomes does. Uh, yeah, you want to get us started with some Thursday Night, Josh? I can. Thursday Night Football, Seahawks and Cowboys. This game was great. It was an absolute barn burner. A lot of offense in this game, which this Cowboys defense has been blowing people out at home. Or this Cowboys team, I should say, has been blowing people out at home. But their defense has been playing a huge factor in that. Not as much the case on Thursday night. I was very impressed to see what I saw from Seahawks offense. Geno Smith, three pick, or sorry, three touchdowns, one pick was great. He's been banged up. He hasn't been playing good the past four or five weeks. Uh, so seeing a bounce back against a really good defense in Dallas is great. They were targeting Bland early. Bland does make him pay and get a pick later on in the game. But for a lot of this game, he was getting torn apart. He just was not big enough to match the frame of DK Metcalf. That was a problem early and really a problem the entire game. It looked like a chance uh, for Dallas maybe to stomp on him early and dominate. Uh, but just those big plays from Seattle, like I said, kept him in the game and had him in it until the very end. It was a huge bounce back game for Geno. And the Cowboys finally get a quality win. We've been talking about all year. They've been beating the shit out of these bad teams, but we need to see them be, see them beat a good team. I do think Seattle's a good team despite their record, and they beat them at home in a tough game. This game was very playoff atmosphere-esque, and dare I say even a, a preview of what we might see in the playoffs, given what we've seen from the Eagles the last couple of weeks and how they face Dallas next week as well. But uh, like you said, Josh, Gino, he looked really good. Nice bounce back game from him. Uh, they were pretty solid with Charbonnet in there. But outside of him, they didn't really have they didn't really have anybody else running the football too well. But Dak Prescott, he's got to be at the top of the MVP conversation right now. He's been lights out for honestly the last month and a half at least. CeeDee Lamb, another uh 10 plus catches, 100 plus receiving yards game, found the end zone once again. He's got like eight touchdowns in his last seven games. He's been phenomenal. But the Cowboys defense, they did get like punched in the mouth pretty much early on in the game, but they bounced back, only allowed 14 total in the second half. Deron Bland got his, I believe, eighth interception of the year. And to your point of Deron Bland, it feels like his play style is carbon copy of Tra- of uh, Trayvon Diggs, where they can, where they're just super aggressive, but can give up those big plays. But as we saw with Trayvon Diggs uh, at the start of this year, he was kind of locked down. He was allowing a very low passer rating through the first few weeks. And honestly, I don't see why Deron Bland can't do that next year. So I mentioned it last week. If they decide to let uh, Gilmore go and rock with the young duo of Bland and Diggs, I think they'll be in good hands for the future. Yeah, great win for Dallas. 14 consecutive home runs. Uh, The Seahawks offense played great, considering in the past four weeks they were only averaging 15 points. Uh, uh, Geno Smith had maybe his best game of the season. No, Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet played very solid. Um, This Cowboys defense had been playing great. DK Metcalf also had maybe his best game of the season, six catches. Three of them were touchdowns, 134 yards. He ran 22.23 miles an hour on his first touchdown, which was the fastest by a ball carrier this season. Neither team punted in this game, so just both offenses were great. Only the fifth time in history that's happened. And I think it's time to start putting Dak Prescott in that MVP conversation. Uh, These past couple weeks especially, he's been playing great. He hasn't been turning the ball over. He's been getting it to CeeDee Lamb a lot, and it's really helping their success, and they're right back in uh, the hunt for that division title. Yeah, he even got uh, Colin Coward, of all people, to switch up on him and call him top three uh, MVP candidate when before the season he was saying uh, how we might see him uh, get benched at some point this year. But you could turn Colin around, then you must be doing something right. Uh, but moving on here to the Sunday games, Lions and Saints. The Lions started great uh, in this game, 21 nothing to start the game. The defense was buzzing. They were getting a Derek Carr early. And the offense was doing just what it needed to do to win. Uh, they were the third team since 2000, score three touchdowns in the first seven minutes of a game, uh, only subject to the 0-2 and 2010 Raiders, uh, conveniently. But they were really, really great to start this game. Uh, then the defense kind of started rearing its ugly head that we've been seeing the past few weeks from them. Uh, they were playing pretty soft in coverage, getting beaten, man. And they just weren't getting home as much as they were early in the game when Aaron Glenn was running these aggressive blitzes. They kind of started to shy away a little bit. And I get it. You get up by a lot. Maybe you don't play as aggressive. But we've noticed when you don't play aggressive, this line defense has really struggled on the back end. And I don't really understand going away from that, honestly. Uh, Goff, he had an okay game. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, which past two games, three turnovers in each game. That was a problem. Didn't, didn't turn it over today. Led to a win. But 
he had some misreads, a couple bad balls, uh, and that led to a lot of three and outs that the Lions had after that 21-0 start. So that was a problem. And at this point, Goff has played so good at times and so bad at other times that it's hard when you're this Lions team and you haven't had success in so long. It's like, do we get rid of Goff after this season when he asks for a ton of money and maybe you see if Hendon Hooker got it or maybe you, I don't know, trade for a quarterback? It's What, what do you really do in the scenario if you're the Lions? Because you don't want to go away from what got you all these wins. But at the same time, Jared, Jared Goff has to play four games in a row really well to win a Super Bowl. And we don't know if we're going to be able to see that from him against these best defenses. Uh, Sam Laporta was the heart and soul today. He's probably going to finish with the best uh, rookie tight end season ever. I would say he's almost guaranteed to finish with that statistically as far as touchdowns, catches, and uh, uh, receiving yards. Yes, there's an extra game. I would like to see him do it in 17. Uh, it seems like on track he should be getting it around week 16, 17. So uh, that would be great to not have the little 17-game thing over his head for that. But, uh, yeah, still not a super convincing win, but it's hard to complain. Uh, it's tough to go into New Orleans and get a win. No matter what the team is, it's an electric environment. It was today. Uh, the Lions did just enough, though, held on, got the dub. If you would have told me that Amon Ross St. Brown would have only two catches for under 50 yards in this game, I would have honestly thought that Jared Goff had like four interceptions, fumbled a couple times, and just couldn't get the ball out. But like you mentioned, Laporta was phenomenal today. He made it, he made up for what Amon Ra just didn't bring. And honestly, the game plan just revolved around Laporta, it felt like. He just tore up the interior of that Saints defense at, at the second level, and it was honestly really impressive to see from a rookie. But on the Saints side of things, you've got to figure stuff out on offense. I mean, it took them, what, a quarter and a half to figure it out against this defense who's been giving up, giving up a lot of just easy stuff all over the field. Hutch has been great, but outside of him, there really has and Ali McNeil. Uh, outside of those two, there hasn't really been any main like threats on this Lions defense whether it's schematically or just they just aren't gelling right now. They they got to figure that out if they want to have postseason success. But I don't know why I'm backtracking, but Amon Ra, I don't think we've seen this, not necessarily that it was a poor performance, but this like minimal minimally impactful performance in terms of just statistics since like pre-2022. So it was, that's honestly really impressive because he's been a phenomenal receiver uh, since the beginning of last year. And even a little bit before that, he's racking up like at least seven or eight catches a game, over 100 yards, just a bunch of targets, just tearing up defenses from the inside out. He's been phenomenal. Uh, the run game, obviously pretty good for the Lions. They got Jamison Williams done or involved on a jet sweep, I believe it was, and he took it for six. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery continue to be a really solid duo regardless of uh, field position, but Good for the Lions. They somehow just keep winning, even though their defense doesn't want them to. Yeah, Lions get back in the win column. They got off to a hot start in this game, up 21-0 early. The rookies are making big plays. Brian Branch interception. Jameer Gibbs looked great. He didn't really have the volume, but when he got the ball, he looked very good. Laporta, like you guys said, had a phenomenal game. Nine catches, 140 yards, touchdown. He's established himself already as a top five tight end in the NFL. Definitely the top tight end rookie. Um, J-Mo had the nice rushing touchdown so it's just nice to see those lines weapons outside of Amon Ra really get the ball and do good things with it um, Saints they didn't give up they were down 21-0 Derek Carr kind of worked him back into this game sadly he got hurt Jameis Winston came in delivered a lucky drive to say the least great play I guess by Chris Olave um, just always fun something always happens when Jameis is on the field but they really couldn't get it done and Lions, great win. It's a hostile environment. You want, you take a win anyway you can get it in the NFL. And I'm just going to leave you with uh, one question here, Josh. You might be losing Ben Johnson here in the offseason to a head coaching job. So you're down one coordinator there. Um, this defense has struggled all season. Do you move on from Aaron Glenn too? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think you have to. Unless the Lions uh, pull together some run here and win a couple playoff games uh, without having to score 40 points a game. Then you get to the NFC Championship game, and it's like, all right, now maybe let's reevaluate. Probably lose Ben Johnson. We'll see. I've seen a lot of speculation that Ben Johnson might want this Chargers job, and that's why he's been he waited last year, didn't want to go to the Panthers. Um, I don't, I just don't see him taking that Panthers job. So maybe if a job opens up like LA, uh, who wouldn't want to go uh, have Justin Herbert as their quarterback as a head coach? But yeah, to answer your question, I think you absolutely have to, and. I think the offense will figure it out. I think they just have so many weapons and such a good line that 
they will develop a play style. If it's not this Ben Johnson offense, they'll develop a play style that will get it done with these weapons. But yeah, just a couple more things I wanted to touch on. The run game today was kind of underwhelming. It's been kind of underwhelming the past couple games. Uh, run defense and run offense for the Lions, which is a problem because that's been what this Lions team was built on and how they've get, gotten so many wins in the past year and a half, or year, I should say. But yeah, you got to get that back going. I think it will. Like we saw Frank Ragnow got hurt today. That's a significant problem. The Lions O-line just has not been able to stay healthy this year. Outside of the right tackle, Panay Sewell, the best alignment, I will say at least. Uh, Decker, Vitae, Ragnow, and Jonah Jackson have all missed a ton of time this year. And just having two or more backups in the game has just been a problem. But Jamison Williams, he's he's a right. I mean, you guys, I'm guessing you guys saw the touchdown clip, the double reverse. It was he's just fast. He's got wheels. He's hard to tackle. And just when whenever you can get him the ball and just get him space to run without being tackled immediately he's gonna do damage and i hope to see him on more drags like i mentioned earlier golf missed him on a couple drags today but we can move on here to colts at titans uh gardner Minshew beat his bad road game allegations he had a good road game against the titans uh something that's been a problem for him uh this season and honestly his entire career uh so it was good to see him go get a road win michael pittman was an absolute force uh, he's a great receiver. I'm excited to see what him and AR can do when he gets a real good quarterback behind him because regardless of how Minshew played today, he's still not going to be able to unlock Pittman to his full, full potential like somebody like Anthony Richardson could uh, if he can stay healthy. Levis wasn't bad, uh, but he was just under attack all game, just constantly just having to throw it up. He had a couple uh, being times under attack where he just lobbed it up in the air and got really lucky that it wasn't a pick, but there's not much he could have done. His playmakers, Derrick Henry and Hopkins, were great all game. Uh, not getting that extra point ends up being the difference in this game that goes to OT. But shout out to the Colts. It's hard to go to OT, lose the coin toss, let the team go score, and then you go back and score. It's hard to do that. The Colts did it today. They got to win. Yeah, I'll kind of stick to the Titans side. Uh, just to let Mike get a full grasp on the Colts coming up. But for the Titans, Derrick Henry, we've talked about it a bunch of times. If you can get ahead early, if you're the Titans – and let Derrick Henry be be a part of your complete game script, you're going to have a chance to win. And he was, and they had a chance to win. But unfortunately, prior to that concussion, uh, he was he was slicing and dicing, but then he did have that con- the uh, the concussion, and then he missed a majority of the fourth quarter. And then we did get to see some solid run from Tajay Spears, who got 16 carries for 75 total yards. He was a nice change of pace. I, I thought he played really well, given the state of Tennessee's offensive line. And I think he complimented uh, Will Levis's downfield throwing very well. Granted, Levis didn't have a lot of time to throw downfield, but I think if Derrick Henry were to split split carries a little bit more, regardless of the score, I think Tajay Spears can definitely be a very, very valuable piece to this offense in years to come. And like you said, Josh, DeAndre Hopkins was really solid today as well. Uh, Okonkwo was also really solid in the receiving game and the blocking game. I saw him make a couple solid blocks in uh, while uh, run blocking. But outside of that, I don't have too much else for – oh, the Titans also did lose Jeffrey Simmons to an injury. I don't know the severity of that, but I've talked about him before. I think he's really good, and the Colts just took advantage of him going down. Yeah, what a win for Indy again, a game that they really kind of needed. If they lost, I think it was a 30% chance to make the playoffs. With a win, it jumps all the way up to 70. Um, really just a big game for Michael Pittman. Again, 11 catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. He's due for an extension this offseason. The Colts will definitely give him that at this point. He has been phenomenal for him this season. He's proven that he can be a wide receiver one. Um, They didn't have their run game today. Zach Moss was bottled up most of the game, but they found a way to win. Got the ball to Pittman. Uh, Alec Pierce, some deep balls, which I've been waiting to see all season. He's really finally had a chance. Got him three catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. The big play in overtime got him there. And then just Shane Steichen, he's just – he didn't have his best game coaching, but he still can just draw up plays in the red zone and on short yardage situations that are just phenomenal and and work. Uh, really shout out to the Colts special teams. Two block punts. Uh, Tony Brown with one block punt. Nick Cross with the other. Just You don't really see one block punt, so getting two of them in a game is big. Uh, sadly, they had to pick two on the one that was a touchdown. Don't want that bad play by Minshew. But the defense for the Colts played solid. Quiddy Pay and Ebukan each had two sacks. And next week, this defense is able to get Grover Stewart back, which will definitely help the run defense in a major way. Titans were able to run the ball today. Derrick Henry, 12 
102 and two. Um, he left the game with a concussion. Will Levis played solid, but uh, just felt like he kept looking for the deep ball in every play. Tried to hit a home run all the time. He played very hard. It seemed like he was out for blood against the Colts, considering he thought they were going to draft him and they didn't. Um, but their run game was good. Uh, just some too many quick three and outs at some points in the game. Important points and can't have that. Next week, Colts got the Bengals in a game that they should win and just need to keep building the momentum and keep fighting for the playoff spot. All right, so we will move on here to Chargers at Pats. Uh, this yeah. game is just kind of <laughs> insane to even talk about. Six nothing, no points in the second half. This Chargers defense getting any sort of shutout in the NFL says so much about this Patriots offense. Like, this is an absolute no new low uh, for the Pats, honestly. Like, they've had some lows in the season. You talk about the Germany game. You talk about the game with the Saints, uh, maybe even the Jets game. But putting up zero points on this Chargers defense that has been letting anybody score on them outside of the Baltimore game a couple weeks ago. But they scored zero points. Luckily, for some godforsaken reason, their defense played well enough to hold Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense to six points. The Chargers only punted and kicked field goals this whole game, didn't turn the ball over one time. And honestly, these are just two unserious teams to me. I mean, even the Chargers, they get a win here. They're five and seven. I don't know what their playoff percentage is right now, but I would assume it's very, very low, uh, if not being very, very close to eliminated. Uh, so, yeah, this is just two unserious teams to me and a game that wasn't even worth being on one of your four screens today. Yeah, I I agree that the Chargers are very unserious teams, one of the very unserious teams in the league. But the Patriots are in a very serious conversation for Caleb Williams. If they keep playing the way that they have been over the last like month or so, I could see them landing pick number one, especially if we see the Panthers that we saw today the rest of the year with Chris Tabor uh, interim, head co- interim head coaching. They went toe to toe with the Bucks and almost snuck away with a win. So that was we'll get to that later. But the the Patriots, if Belichick lands like Caleb Williams, it'll be the same as uh, Wemby going to Greg Popovich. It's going to be something really special to see, and it'll be very interesting to see how Belichick handles that, especially given his I don't know current age and just culture, honestly. Uh, but yeah, the Chargers, God, this sucks so much. Um, Eckler, 14 carries for only 18 yards. He just does not seem like his old self, I guess you could say. Keenan Allen, only five catches for 58 yards. I don't know if that's a season low for him, but it was very uninspiring. Quentin Johnson had five catches, which I believe might be a season high for him, but he also had that one crucial drop and I think third and 12 late in the game. So he's... He might turn into the Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson uh, selection, considering Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison went right after him in the in that little run of receivers in the draft. But th- this game was so gross. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, really, I don't know what there is to really talk about this game. Um, just sad, really rainy. Most of the games on the East Coast were rainy today. Chargers, they scored six points. The score was 6 nothing, and they still managed to cover, which is very impressive. Couldn't get anything going. Eckler, like you said, Zach, rough game. Quentin Johnson, bad drop. The Chargers just, I don't really know what to say. Not not what you want to see when you're playing the Patriots. And for the Patriots, it's just, it's atrocious at this point. I'm happy to see it. I think the fans deserve it. They deserve to have a team that sucks like this. Um, they have a lot of work to do in the offseason. No matter what, I really, unless they get the first overall pick, maybe I think Bill Belichick is leaving no matter what. Um, he just doesn't seem to care that much especially in the he always looks uninterested but in the post-game conferences just doesn't look all there um they just their quarterback play terrible it doesn't matter who's out there and a lot of work to do for both of these teams i i like what you said about josh uh, ben johnson the chargers that'd be scary but just a terrible game not worse than a big 10 game <laughs> ironically given all the shit we've talking about the patriots just now what are the odds that they snag a win against Trubisky and the Steelers on Thursday night? I'd love it. I think that'd be so hilarious, given that the Steelers, uh, they've been one of the worst, like, what, six win teams in the league? Or do they have seven, seven wins now? Seven, I don't know. Seven. They got seven now. But I just don't I just don't see how on earth this pass offense is going to score a point on the Steelers. Oh, I don't either, but it's Thursday night football, and it's notorious for just the most random shit just happening or just crazy-ass backwards games. I mean, 
I don't think anybody expected Gino to go off for three touchdowns and over 300 yards or DK to go for three touchdowns and over 140. And they kept pace with the Cowboys who have been nuking teams with like less talent than them. But I mean, Hey, Thursday night football, watch Mac Jones or Zappy go out and throw three touchdowns and 200 yards. I would be shocked. Oh, me but, too. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say before we wrap this up here for this, uh, this game, uh, you guys both mentioned Caleb Williams uh, to the Pats possibly. I think that would be absolutely perfect. I mean, you see all the stuff this year with Caleb Williams. He's played great this year uh, in college, but there's been a lot of off-field social media stuff that he's been getting a lot of hate for, whether it's saying fuck to the other team painted on his nails or like crying after the games or the asking for percent stake in the NFL team that he goes to. None of that shit flies in New England. At all. None of that shit flies with Bill Belichick. Not saying I care about any of that stuff, to be honest, but a lot of people do, especially on social media. And I think he goes to that situation. If Bill Belichick stays in New England, I think you get Bill Belichick will get rid of all of that shit. It will just be football. And there's no better coach to get as much out of a quarterback than Bill Belichick is. And I think that would be a match made in heaven and would completely take away any doubt that people have in Caleb Williams. But just that's just how I see it but we can move forward here Falcons at Jets uh both defenses dominated in this game uh the Falcons didn't turn the ball over one time that's really really good for them when they turn the ball over especially when uh Ritter turns the ball over that's a big problem for them and if they can avoid that they're going to be good this probably puts a nail in the coffin on the Aaron Rodgers coming back thing sitting at four and eight now pretty tough to get in the playoffs there's teams at seven and five that currently are in the playoffs in the AFC uh so that virtually gets them out of the playoffs which sucks that we're not gonna be able to see that but we'll see them next year uh the Falcons are just not particularly playing super well they're running the ball okay uh they played some tough defenses the past couple weeks here but and got a couple wins but I think regardless they're gonna cruise to this division title I have to look at the remaining schedules uh they got a couple games on the on the Saints now uh, I think they're maybe a game ahead of the Bucks. I don't know who the Bucks play going out uh, for the rest of the season here, uh, but I think they actually might play the Falcons twice. I'm not positive. Next week. But regardless, next week, there you go. Uh, it's a big game for them. The Falcons win that game. They're probably going to easily cruise uh, to an NFC South title in the four season. Sorry. Um, yeah, this is another one of those. I'm glad we're getting these two games out of the way early because neither of them were pretty. Uh, Falcons, like you said, they get a game or two on the Saints. They pulled themselves back up to 500. The Jets, yeah, Rodgers ain't coming back. I said it from uh, probably a couple weeks ago, regardless of the Jets' uh, like playoff contention. There's no way Rodgers is going to be just physically ready. That's just a medical miracle. It's if you Even if you were 29 and you were trying to return from a full-blown Achilles like rupture, that that's insane to come back within like three months, four months or so. But given that he's 39, I just never saw it happening in the first place. Uh, and just, oh God, this game sucks too. But Dalvin Cook got the bulk of the rushing yards for the Jets. Brees Hall got the bulk of the receiving work. Although Xavier Gibson was the leader in yards, Brees did lead in receptions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Garrett Wilson, I'm so sorry. This is This is atrocious for you. I, oh, geez, this is so bad, but he only had like, what, four or five targets and only three catches. And on all of his catches, he was just moving the chains, looking super phenomenal, but you just, you hate to see it. As long as his O-line is just unhealthy and they don't have a quarterback back there, this entire team is kind of fucked. But if they can figure out the O-line in the offseason and Rodgers can get another year, just to command the offense, build more chemistry with Garrett Wilson. They might look really scary next year if they keep the same defense. Yeah, the Jets just atrocious. You can't tell me that Zach Wilson wouldn't do better than what Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon did today. He would do better. So I think at this point they might be trying to lose on purpose. I don't know. Um, the same story every week. Their defense plays solid and their offense is just absolutely terrible. Tim Boyle is just not an NFL quarterback. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, for the Falcons, Ritter wasn't great like normal, but they were able to just get the job done, score enough points. They had one big TD drive, which was really the story of the game. That was all they needed. Pitts, a solid game in terms of the Falcons passing attack. Four catches for 50 yards led the team in both. Drake London, only one catch, and that was the only catch by a Falcons receiver on the wide receiver on the day. Um, another rainy game and just 
it's rough to watch. Falcons six and six, first in the NFC South. Um, I, I I'm not really worried about the Saints in the NFC South at this point. I think they're just kind of Derek Carr gets injured every other week. I think it's really between the Falcons and the Bucks, and so that game next week is going to be a big one. So I kind of am leaning towards the Bucks at this point, but Falcons defense has played good these last two weeks. So just another rough game for the Jets offense, especially. All right, to keep chugging through this tough stretch of games here. Dolphins and Commanders. The Dolphins just completely dominated the Commanders this game. A uh, big road win, too, to go dominate a team on the road in cold weather game. A thing that's been talked about with this Dolphins team for a couple years now is that they can't play in those candy-ass uniforms on the road in a cold weather game in December. And they went and played an inferior team, but regardless, they played phenomenal. And they put up 45 points in a not-ideal weather game. They usually have those perfect conditions. They didn't have that today, and they still look like their old selves. Uh, they might be putting it together to make a run here. Ever since I got Jalen Ramsey back, this defense has just been phenomenal these past few weeks. And to go along with an offense that has been great all season, put up 70 points, put up 40 a couple times, to add a defense that's been pretty electric the past few weeks, granted competition hasn't been great outside of the second half against that Chiefs uh, in that Chiefs game in Germany. But regardless – they're out there. They're putting the pieces together on defense. They're getting stops. They're getting turnovers, uh, which is just giving their electric offense not having to stay on the field for too long. Tyreek Tyreek Hill still one of the best receivers in the league. He's just phenomenal every week, week in week out. He's great. Him and AJ Brown, but AJ Brown's had his shortcomings, and Tyreek Hill really hasn't outside of maybe one game. Uh, so I'm a fan of this Dolphins team, and I think they're just as high as like the Chiefs and the Ravens coming out of the AFC. I completely agree. Uh, Devon Achan in his first game uh, back getting a full workload. He found the end zone twice, one of which was in garbage time. But regardless, he's really exciting to watch. He can get zero to 100 real fast. Same with Tyreek Hill, phenomenal receiver, probably the best in the league right now and arguably top three in my MVP votes. I think he you could easily make an argument for him. He just transformed this Dolphins offense and was just a perfect player to play with Tua in this Mike McDaniel system. And it's it's been great so far. Uh, and like you said, Josh, Jalen Ramsey has transformed this defense. He's he's allowing for the other corners to be a lot more aggressive and just be smarter in coverage as well. Uh, this is back to back games where the Dolphins have gotten a defensive touchdown, regardless if it was just a lucky one at the end of the half or not. They're they're putting up points for the offense and it's great. Uh, I had something else I wanted to say. Oh yeah. Commanders. They did lose Brian Robinson to, oh, did he have a concussion too? I'm not entirely sure, but he did uh, leave the game early due to injury. And oh yeah. Terry McLaurin was held to zero catches, zero yards and only three targets. And as per himself, he was just doing a lot of cardio out there. And I, I can't say I don't feel bad for him because Sam Howell has been quite inconsistent this year. But he also had to go against Jalen Ramsey today, so that's always frustrating for a lot of top guys. Uh, yeah, two has definitely been phenomenal this year, arguably up there in the MVP talk. But like I said before, Tyree Kill, I think you can't have the MVP conversation without mentioning him. Yeah, to mention the Terry McLaurin, I'm hearing that he might be a Colt next year coming home back to Indy, so that'd be really fun to see. But um, another score Agami game. I feel like we've had a decent amount this year, 45 to 15. Love to see it. Dolphins offense, this is their second score. Gami now putting up big points. Uh, Tyree Kill, great game. HN, great game. Moster had a touchdown too as well. 406 yards. Van Ginkle had a pick six. I mean, everyone on the Dolphins really got involved today. Um, this team continues to just put up numbers. They're not playing the best teams, but they dominate those teams no matter what. Sam Howell continues to kind of follow the James Winston comparison where he can look great one week and then the next week he just can't really throw the ball on an NFL defense. Um, commanders have been outscored 90 to 25 now in the past two weeks, so they've really struggled. They have lost 9 of 11 since starting 2-0, so at least they falling off. We're seeing the end of the Ron Rivera era, and it's starting to go out sad. Um, but for Miami, just... They continue to win against these bad teams dominantly, nine and three, looking to fight for that bye in the first round of the playoffs. And they're nine and three for the first time since 2001. So good for them. Yep. Some teams like the Dolphins and the, and the Lions are all this, and the Browns to an extent are all of a sudden up after you keep seeing these oh, best starts since every week, it feels like for these <laughs> teams. But uh, moving on here, Cardinals at Steelers. 
Uh, this is a tough one for the Steelers. Regard, I mean, we'll start with the Kenny Pickett injury. That sucks. It looks like he's going to miss a couple weeks. This is a crucial part in the season, especially with the Steelers' record right now being what are they seven and five i believe now mm-hmm. it's that's a tough race at that seven and five spot you got the colts there you got the texans there it's that's a tough spot and not having your quarterback for those games it's gonna hurt like we said they have uh the patriots next week so that's a game they could still win with mitch um but regardless of the injury it kind of felt like this, a game like this was was coming for the uh steelers they've just been getting by uh, in games where their offense hasn't played good, their defense has stepped up and been able to do it. They've had last week, their offense played well, but for the most part, we know has not been great this season. Uh, the Cardinals defense just really came through today. They did what they had to do. Uh, they've been pretty solid all season. We've been talking about how they've been underrated. And then you have this rain delay. This game takes like five hours to complete. They, they stop it after, uh, after halftime, wait like 30 minutes. They played a little bit and they stopped it again. And regardless of all that, this Cardinals offense with Kyler Murray in his, what, third or fourth game back was still able to move down the field in pouring rain after having to go back to the locker room three times. I think that's really impressive against the Steelers defense that's been playing really, really great all season. And I think this is a good win for the look of the Cardinals. Obviously, it sucks for your draft pick uh, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, but they looked really, really good today. Yeah, they looked actually really solid. <laughs> I, I'm really looking at the uh, at the Steelers. Granted, it's a very small sample size of the Matt Canada less uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but Pickett. I mean, prior to him uh, heading to that locker room after those two completions to uh, George Pickens, he only had like under 20 yards before that injury. And Mitch came in and he was all right, I guess, but he wasn't. It's Mitch. We know what he is. But the Steelers, we got. We got the rest of the season to see what they really are offensively without Canada. I'm not entirely sure which Steelers is closer to the to the real ones, whether it's last week where they went for over 400 total yards in offense for the first time in 58 games, or this one where they struggled to amass 300 total yards. Uh, on the other side, Cardinals, they, they played well. Kyler was all right. It really sucked to see uh, Hollywood Brown go back to the locker room, re-aggravating that hand injury. But the real star of the day was James Conner. I think he amassed 100 total yards for the first time this season, two touchdowns on 25 carries. He was really the the heartbeat behind this entire offense today, especially against a really good defense and a really good pass rush. And one of the best ways to nullify a really good pass rush is by just not giving them a chance to rush the passer. Just run the ball a bunch and just uh, make them really tired. And they did exactly that, regardless of all the breaks that they had with all the monsoon stuff. But Cardinals played really well. Trey McBride continues to have a really solid uh, coming out season. Eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. He could have had another, uh, not another touchdown, but he could have had one less catch, uh, but still would have had that touchdown regardless. I think you could have called that uh, the called back touchdown uh, either way. But yeah, Cardinals, I mean, I'm glad they won. Helped out the Bears draft pick and the Panthers pick as well. So that, that's that's what I'm rooting for this week. Uh, yep, another bad weather game. Rain delays all over the place in this one. Steelers' offense continues to be rough to watch. Like you guys said, Kenny Pickett injured. And in two weeks, they have a big game against the Colts that is going to be very big for the wild card. So I don't know if he'll be back for that one. That's pretty close to today. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, this schedule the rest of the season outside of that Colts game is interesting. I think they have the Jags, maybe. I don't know. But... For the Cardinals, I really think they're kind of out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes at this point. I feel like they're kind of too good for that. But even if they had the first overall pick, I think there is no way you draft a quarterback at this point. Whoever, whatever pick they get, they have to draft the best receiver possible. Kyler Murray's looked very solid coming off this ACL injury. Trey McBride has been a pleasant surprise at the tight end positions. Eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown today. Seems to be very solid already. Has a good connection with Kyler in, early in his career. Um, James Conner, solid game. Uh, it'd just be a disservice to not stick with Kyler at this point. The offense has looked solid, and this is a great Steelers defense where they were able to kind of do what they wanted to. Their defense was able to play well against the Steelers offense, which was led by Mitch Trubisky and just didn't have much going. So nice one for the Cardinals, and just Kyler's got to keep playing well. All right, moving on then. Next game here, Broncos and Texans. Uh, just started off with another injury. Tank Dell injury sucks really bad. Fractured his fibula or fibula or tibula, one of the two. Uh, so he's probably okay. out for the season. It was fibula. Okay, so I was right the first time. But anyways, 
that really sucks for the Texans. It sucks for him. He was really starting to break out in his rookie year, so you hate to see that. But Nico Collins stepped up and had a huge game. He's been great in the games where the other receivers have not done much for them and just another dominant 100-yard game for him. Russ just couldn't stop turning the ball over. Even in a game where he was not great for most of the game, he had a chance at the end, uh, goes and tries to make a fancy read and throws a pick late in the game when they're in the red zone with a chance to go win the game. Uh, So the Broncos were in this game. This was, as advertised, a really, really good game. Uh, This game just shoots the Texans' chances of going to the playoffs way up and really hurts Denver. Uh, This was kind of a loser leaves town kind of game uh, where the winner of this game was going to have a great shot at the playoffs. The loser is going to have an uphill battle. So good for the Texans here. Uh, Texans' defense just kind of seems to make plays when they need to. Uh, they haven't been fantastic all year, but when they need to make a play, like they needed to make a play late in this game, get that uh, pick in the end zone, they did that, won their team the game, and the Houston Texans are now 7-5 and five in C.J. Stroud's rookie year. Thank God C.J. Stroud is okay as well. He did uh, leave the game for a snap, I think. Yeah, uh, speaking of the Texans' defense, uh, Derek Stingley has been phenomenal this year. Uh, he got two picks in this game, and it seems like he's really coming into his own within this D'Amico Ryan's defense. Uh, we might, I might talk a little bit more about him later, depending on what your guys' answers are for studs and duds, but, uh, I digress. Russ turned the ball over way too many times in a one possession game. You're just not going to win, win a lot of football games. If your quarterback turns the ball over with chances to win numerous times in the fourth quarter, uh, Javante Williams was somewhat invisible. He had a decent amount of carries, but not a lot of yards. Colton Sutton only had two catches, but one of them was that nice touchdown grab. Uh, so that was really nice. Jerry Judy only had three catches. He's just he's very in and out of the offense as a whole. But on the Texans side, uh, like you said, Josh, the tank tail injury, that's really awful. But Nico Collins was nine yards shy of 200 on the day. He had nine receptions for 191 yards and that touchdown. So good for him. He's really finding his uh, finding a groove this year and he'll get even more involved after the tank tail injury. CJ Stroud, another game without a, uh, an interception. He's just been phenomenal this year. Uh, I think you can argue him, Dak, and Tyreek might be your three in the MVP race. Maybe you could throw Brock Purdy in there, but I think I might take that uh, that really rough three-game stretch uh, into account more than others, but I think he's a close number four. But Stroud has been phenomenal. Their run game has been inconsistent, whether it's been Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary uh, getting it in a little bit of CJ Stroud. He's got some decent athleticism, but... Yeah, this this tank Dell injury will really hurt them if they want to make some noise in the playoffs. Sure, they've got Noah Brown and Nico Collins, but having that third guy who's been really, really, really good this year, not having him, it's it's really gonna suck. The Texans, they do it again. Another close game. This one they find a way to win it. Like you guys said, I'm sad for Tank Dell. That stinks. Um, but Nico Collins really stepped up in this one. He's been solid all season, had 191 receiving yards and a touchdown today. He played great. CJ Stroud, another game. I mean, it's been a couple weeks ago since this, but he's locked up rookie of the year now. It's like you guys said, a matter of if he can win MVP. Um, he just keeps playing elite. And you said it, Zach Stingley with a great game, two intercept- interceptions, but also Will Anderson. He had two sacks, starting to really come into his own. Uh, he's looked great recently, and he's going to be a problem in the NFL for years to come. Uh, Sadly for the Broncos, their five-game win streak comes to an end. They're still in the playoff hunt, but they really needed this one considering this is one of the teams they're battling with. Russell Wilson, he's been great all year at limiting the turnovers and just playing good football. Um, But today he didn't have it. Three interceptions. Just can't have that. The interception late in the game, third and goal. Can't have that eight-yard line. Just can't have that. But the Broncos' offense really didn't deserve to win this game. Uh, they were quiet in the first half. They played solid in the second half, but 0 for 11 on third downs. Just can't have that. Uh, their defense played okay. They were able to get the pass rush going, finally, which they had struggled with. They got five sacks on C.J. Stroud, but uh, it was an exciting game. A uh, lot to go into the playoffs with this game, but Texans, um, they're fighting for the playoffs, and there's there's three AFC South teams fighting for the playoffs, and this was maybe the worst division of football last year, and it's really had a Worst to, I mean, they might be a top three division right now with two seven and five teams, and then the Jags who are up there. But good win for the Texans. All right, moving on to the four o'clock slate. Uh, Panthers at Bucks. Uh, the Panthers hung in this one. Uh, this is a team that has struggled mightily this season. They've had some times where they've been blown out. They've had some times where they've hung in the game. This is one of those times where they did hang in the game. 
Bryce Young had a chance late to go make a drive and go to send this game to OT or go win it for his team. He did not. He ended up throwing a pick and just adds on to a tough rookie year for Bryce Young. I really hope that maybe you come back next year, maybe a more stable situation. You get him some better weapons. You get him some better protection overall, and maybe you'll see a jump from him. I really hope you do see that, but it's been a tough start, especially when we keep talking about it. You see who went the pick later uh, for the Texans, who we just spoke about. But neither team had much offense in this game in the first half. Every, most of their touchdowns, in this, uh, I think four of the five touchdowns in this game were in the second half. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty slow start, but eventually both teams got it going. Both teams ran the ball really, really well. Hubbard had a great game. White had a great game and White's just been fantastic for this Bucks team of recent. And I don't know. I'm looking at, uh, how some of these teams are going. Maybe the saints could get lucky and win some games, but they're kind of starting to dig themselves a hole. It kind of looks like it's going to come down to the Bucks and the Falcons. And personally, I'd rather see the Falcons in the playoffs. That'll be a huge game next week. Uh, so good for the Bucks to not just look over this Panthers team playing in Tampa. Uh, they went and they won the game, and now they got a huge game next week. Uh, man, I lost what I was gonna say. Oh, uh, I feel like everybody, every single team in the NFC South, their quarterback is like a Jekyll and Hyde type of situation where we can sometimes see a really good or a really bad Bryce Young, a really good, really bad Baker Mayfield, a really good, really bad Desmond Ritter, a really good, really bad Jameis Taysom, Derek Carr trio but in terms of the Panthers we saw the really bad Bryce Young today he was somewhat inefficient and ironically he had a run game today we were we've talked about in the past how the Panthers don't have a very stable situation their run game has been non-existent at times with Chuba and Miles Sanders but Chuba had he was going today he had two touchdowns over 100 yards on the ground and even his weapons Chark was really involved in the passing game Jonathan Mingo had his best game as a pro so far six catches for just under 70 yards Adam Thielen continues to be kind of cold recently. Uh, he's not racking up those 10 or 11 reception games like he did throughout the first half of the season. But Bryce Young, he's – I think he's just kind of over the shitty situation he's in. He's just I, – I think he's just looking to turn the page to next year and prove why he was the number one overall pick because there's such a limited ceiling at what he can do within this situation. And I, I honestly feel bad for him. But Panthers lose, helps out the Bears and their uh, – their second of two draft picks, and I'm loving that. But on the Bucks side, uh, Rashad White was really good today. He found the end zone, and he was a solid receiver as well. But the really, really solid receiver was Mike Evans. Seven catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. He did have that massive 75-yard touchdown to kind of just yank the momentum right back after the Panthers got a touchdown. So that was really nice to see. A lot of touchdowns in this game, and most of them were in the second half, like you said, Josh. But this was a good game, and it was a surprisingly good game. I didn't catch too much of it, but looking back on uh, some highlights and some film, it was a lot of interesting moving parts to this game, and Mike Evans was very impressive in my eyes. Yeah, Buccaneers, they're staying in the division now. Um, The new coach for the Panthers, Bryce Young, didn't really change. He continued to struggle, uh, 15 for 31, 178 yards, one interception. Really for the Panthers, just more of the same. Like you said, Zach, Great game from the run game. They really had it. Chubba Hubbard, solid. Jonathan Ming, like you said, he played great. This Panthers team, it's kind of just looks very similar. Their offense struggles. I don't think Frank Reich was a problem. I think their roster just isn't there talent-wise, especially at the receiver position. Bryce Young has struggled. He hasn't really shown flashes of being a great quarterback yet, which is really tough to see. Um, for the Bucs, like I said, they stay in the division race. Rashad White, like you guys said, great game. And then Mike Evans, man, just continues to be that good. Great season. Again, he's just so consistent. Seven catches, 162 yards and a touchdown. Their defense played very good. Four sacks, six tackles for loss. And I really think this is a serious contender for the NFC South. If Baker can just continue to play well, get the ball to Mike Evans, they're a tough team to beat, um, especially when their defense is good. Uh, they're great in the red zone. That Falcons game, I said it when I was talking about the Falcons, but it's going to be a very big game, interesting game. And whoever wins that, I think, is going to the playoffs. So excited for next week. Yep. All right, moving on here to Browns at Rams. Uh, Joe Flacco gave this Browns offense some life. Uh, He was pretty good. I honestly think they're probably going to roll with him uh, going forward here. It was his first game playing on the road, and he still looked pretty solid uh, with this Browns offense. The Browns defense had their first real tough game of the season. Were they in some bad spots? Yes, but they also gave up a lot of long drives and a lot of two-play 75-yard drives. 
this game, which is a problem, of course. Uh, Puka Nakua does get hurt. I didn't catch. Did he come back in the game? He I thought back. he did come back and he had he a rush or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was spaced out focusing on that Eagles-Niners insane game. But, Completely with you. <laughs> uh, but regardless, yeah, he – okay, so he does come back, so it's good that he's not going to be out for this offense. Kyle, Kyron Williams was great again. He's been great for most of the season, not for Stafford. Uh, we've talked in length about it before. Uh, and the Rams might need some help. They're going to need probably some other teams to lose. Maybe see what happens with the Seahawks, who still have a couple tough games on their schedule coming up here. See what happens with the Vikings, who are in a t- point where they really can't lose many games, especially if they want to compete for that division title. Uh, so they might need some help with those teams losing. But if the Rams can win some games, they're sitting at 6-6. Six and six. It's not crazy to say they can make the playoffs. This Rams team, to me, is such an indictment of – how important a good coach is in the NFL. This Rams team was written off to start the year. Uh, definitely by me. I think I said there was going to be some pretty pathetic All of football. Us, yeah. I think I specifically said that there was going to be some pretty pathetic or pitiful football being played by them. And I will, I'll, I'll wear it. I was wrong. Uh, but Stafford has looked really solid this year at times. Kyron Williams, like you said, Josh has been phenomenal for Stafford and that entire run game. Puka just exploded onto the scene has been and has been really good ever since has eclipsed a thousand yards this season as a rookie, which is always really impressive. And Cooper cup, it really sucks to see that he's been kind of phased out of the offense at times. It feels like Puka is being slightly favored uh, him and Kyron after, especially after that 2021 season where he was racking up a million catches, a million yards, a million touchdowns. He was so impressive if he's still that guy, it's just he's just not getting the volume that he was getting before. And this Rams defense has also been playing really well uh, too. Aaron Donald primarily just the man in the, the man in the middle is always going to create a lot of disruption in the run game and in the pass game, regardless of the double or triple teams that he sees. But on the Brown side, like you said, uh, Joe Flacco, he provided a little bit of life for this offense. The run game wasn't too involved. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt kind of got phased out in terms of running the ball because they went down early. But they were in the game until roughly the fourth quarter. I believe it was 20 to 19 at one point. And then the Rams just went and got two quick scores and made it a little uh, uh, just out of reach. But uh, Amari Cooper did get hurt in this game. And I figured that might open the door up a little bit for David and Joku to get a few more targets. But he only finished with six uh, targets and two catches. And it was Harrison Bryant who kind of got the bulk of the receptions after uh cooper went down he had five for 49 yards and a touchdown and elijah moore i think had his career not career his season high in receiving yards with 83 so this browns team i don't think they're bad i think they're they're honestly a quarterback away and a chub injury away from really being a scary team in the playoffs but if they're rocking with joe flacco or dtr they're not going to scare anybody miles garrett and that defense will scare people but if you're not if you're not scoring you're not going to freak anybody out yeah, disappointing game from the Browns defense this week. Second week in a row with no Miles Garrett sack. He is dealing with a shoulder injury, so that's that's hard to see. Amari Cooper, like you guys said, got hurt. Him and Nakua got hurt like the same time. They went to the locker room at like the same time, but Nakua was able to come back. I thought Flacco played very good considering. I, mean, I think he was 3-14 and 14 in his last 17 starts, didn't play great, and comes back after like, what, a year off and 23 for 44, 254 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, Played very good. Um, this Browns team, they're going to have to find a way to scratch some wins and make the playoffs. But for the Rams, right now, they're actually sitting in the playoffs at the seventh seed at six and six. Um, Stafford, another solid game, 279 yards, three touchdowns. He continues to be great. Um, Puka Nakua, he's kind of almost taken over a Cooper Cup now. They both had a touchdown, but Nakua, 105 yards receiving. Kyron Williams has really been great for this offense in the run game. Uh, really nice to see him back from injury and playing great again. And if this O nine continue O line continues to play solid and they can just stay healthy with their weapons, I can see this team making the playoffs and maybe stealing a game from someone. Uh, I would I would love to see it come full circle and see Stafford versus the Lions in the first round. That would, that be, would be that would oh, be that would be great. <laughs> it's it's definitely a possibility too. I mean, seven seed, two seed for sure could happen. Uh, so we'll yeah. see. That would be interesting in De- in Detroit too. So. Uh, and I don't believe Stafford has no. He's not come back to Detroit because the one game was in LA that they played. So yeah, that would be what happened. An in that interesting. Game? We lost. It was a. I think we played good though, and that was the year they won. So. So that was oh that was his first year with the Rams too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like week nine or something. I think it was. It was the. It was the first game where Dan Campbell uh, introduced the random onside kick. 
Oh, and, like we scored nice. a touchdown and then Altai kicked in like the first quarter. But yeah, regardless. Um moving on here. Uh 49ers and Eagles. Uh the 49ers just dominated this game. Looked very similar to what we saw in the game against Dallas uh, earlier in the season. Brock Purdy was perfect. Four touchdowns, no picks. Uh this Eagles secondary that's had some problems all year. They've rebounded at times. They've played good. They played all right against like uh Kansas City, for example, but they struggled against this Niners team. The Eagles couldn't run the ball against the Niners defense. The best thing overall for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is okay. Uh and just it's hard to take some positives out of that game, but the fact that he was able to come back is huge for them. Um, but yeah, not being able to run the ball against the Niners, uh, this Eagles team who prides themselves on being able to run the ball is a problem. Niners get their revenge uh, for the NFC Championship game where they didn't have Purdy. They had Purdy this whole game, and he dominated them in Philly. So it's going to be really interesting to see if we possibly – if the Lions weren't in the playoffs, I'd say hopefully we see this game again. Uh, but maybe we will see it again, and I, I would like to if that, if that was the, the alternate possibility there. But speaking of the Lions and these other teams, this is a really close race at the top of the NFC now. You got the Eagles at ten and two. You got the Niners at nine and three. You got the Lions at nine and three, and the Cowboys as well at nine and three. So obviously, the Cowboys and the the Cowboys and the Eagles. One of them is going to end up being the five seed. Uh, just that's just how it works. But regardless, you're going to see the NFC East champ, the Niners and the Lions in a battle for the rest of this year to see how it goes. And I cannot wait to see Eagles Cowboys or Sunday Night Football in Dallas next week. I think there is a world where the Lions are sitting on the other side of the bracket, and then we do see 49ers and Eagles. It would probably have to be Niners and Eagles or two and three seed, and then the the Lions are sitting waiting for the lowest remaining seed. But I definitely think it's possible. Yeah, that's that's the one given, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Given one, yeah. the Lions' schedule and the fact that the Eagles and Cowboys got to play again, the Niners they I think they still got one or two more games left of that really tough stretch, but. They've been playing so well that I wouldn't shock me to see them just not lose a game the rest of the season. That's including playoffs. But regardless, Brock Purdy, he looked like an MVP candidate this game. He was phenomenal. Outside of those first two drives, it the Niners just flipped the switch and they just started moving the ball. It all started with Christian McCaffrey up front, and then it went through play action, and then Debo on a couple handoffs, and he ended up getting two touchdowns on the day, both on screen passes, which or one of which was on a screen pass. Another one was with a nasty broken tackle and then just took it right up the middle uh, for another 40 yards for the touchdown. So that that's just a little bit of what Debo can do on a daily basis. But on the Eagles side, you in a game where you were talking smack all off season because it was like, Oh yeah, if we had our quarterback, we would have, we would have won, especially Debo where he talked the most shit and he showed up arguably the most. Uh, you you cannot come out flat like this. Like you said, Josh, their run game was non-existent. They had under, I don't even know, uh, under 50 yards, I think, in total rushing. And it was just, it was rough. But the Jalen Hurts injury didn't really affect too much. The game was pretty much over by then. But you could see uh, it late in the second half when the Eagles needed stops. They got it to like, I think it was 35-19, and they tried that onside kick, didn't recover it. And then the 49ers just started running the ball and they just could not stop them. I believe uh, one of the announcers said during the game that the Eagles are the least ran against team in the league because they were up a bunch. And obviously their pass game is very, their pass defense has been a little shaky this year. So teams attack through the air. They they looked weak against the, against the ground game uh, today. Christian McCaffrey was just finding a lot of seams in between the tackles and broke some tackles as well. So if this Eagles team wants to survive in the playoffs, they're going to have to stop the run. And if you play a team like the 49ers or even the Lions, who have two really good backs, you're going to have to be able to stop the run and force the quarterback to make plays. And that's not the team that we saw today. So the Eagles, they look a little vulnerable right now. And as I've said before, the Niners are probably my pick to make it out of the NFC right now because they haven't had that game where they just look super vulnerable and just shitty on both sides of the ball. Yeah, this game kind of quickly is becoming a pretty big rivalry in the NFL, um, considering all the trash talk that happened in the offseason. We had Jalen Carter crying on the sidelines today. Shows how much he cares, so um, is what it is. 49ers, they really issued a statement in this game. Uh, Purdy looked great, MVP-level performance. Uh, all of their weapons looked great. CMC, George Kittle, IU, Debo, all looked very good, and they really just outplayed the Eagles and every aspect of the game, offense, defense, special teams, and we're the more physical team, which we don't really see when the Eagles are playing. Um, they really bullied them running the ball. 
they were able to stop the run. If my math is correct, I think they only had 46 rushing yards. So just a, not really what I expected going into this game, but I'm not shocked. Um, Eagles offense just struggled. They forced Hurts into 45 pass attempts, which is not the recipe for success for the Eagles. And this 49ers team, when they're fully healthy, just kind of look unstoppable. Uh, I don't think they've lost when they have their all of their um, stars. Um, that game next week, Eagles-Cowboys is going to be massive as well. I talked about the NFC South game. This one's probably more important considering how many teams this one affects. So very excited for some of the football games next week. All right. With that being said, we'll move on to finish the episode off here with studs and duds from week 13. Uh, I'll start us off. Uh, last week, I gave my own Detroit Lions a dud. I'm going to flip it to stud this week. I'm going to go with Sam Laporta. Nine catches on all nine targets, 140 yards and a touchdown. Uh, like I said earlier here, he's going to have the best rookie tight end season of all time. And that's just great for the Lions when you're coming off of uh, taking uh, TJ Hawkinson super high in the draft and then end- ending up having to trade him before he gets his next deal. And then you hit right away in a tight end that everyone said was too early to pick for him. So that's great for him. Happy to see that. Moving on for Dud, got to go with Terry McLaurin. Not saying it's necessarily completely his fault, but zero catches, zero yards, three targets. He said it himself. He was basically running cardio out there all day. And yeah, that's you have your number one weapon in Terry McLaurin. And it seems like he gets, he's been kind of underutilized really the past two seasons. Uh, from Washington, and you saw it in full force today, zero catches, zero yards. And, yeah, so I got Laporte as my stud and Terry McLaurin as my dud. Well, my du- I'm going to start out with dud this week. Uh, Terry was my number one option, but I'm glad I get to shift to my uh, second option. My dud for this week is the entire Patriots and Los Angeles Chargers game. That game was just atrocious on all three phases by both teams. It was, frankly, just a disrespect to the entire sport. Uh, neither quarterback on the Patriots deserves to be a starter. And Justin Herbert, this was a game where him and the entire Chargers offense could have really gotten something going considering the Patriots health issues on defense, but they only put up six points and nothing in the entire second half. So that was disappointing to say the least. Uh, so that was my dud of the week. My stud of the week, I've got a few of them and I honestly don't know which one to choose. Uh, considering we're recording during Sunday night football, I might've chose Christian Watson if we were recording after it finished, but I'll just stick with one that I know the exact stat line. Mike Evans is my stud of the week. He had seven catches for 162 yards on a touchdown, including that huge 75 yarder. He's been phenomenal this year. He's going to break a thousand yards again. He's never had a season where he hasn't broken a thousand yards. He is the model of consistency in the NFL at the wide receiver position. And I've been beyond impressed with his entire career, given the inconsistencies at quarterback outside of the two Tom Brady seasons in Tampa Bay. He's been playing with 30 for 30 Jameis, uh, just a rejuvenated Baker Mayfield, at least for three or four games this year. And Tom Brady at the back end of his career, he's been phenomenal. His entire, in his entire career. And this year has been no different. Um, For my start of the week, I, I had, I had uh, Laporta on there. I kind of expected Josh to pick him Um, on Joe Flacco, honorable mention and Jordan love too. If, this game continues to go how it's going. He's playing great football right now, but I'm kind of going to go with a split of the receivers. Michael Pittman, 11 catches, 105 yards and a touchdown. And then CeeDee Lamb, 12 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. Those were probably the two best receivers. I'll go with CeeDee Lamb then as my stud of the week, but two great wide receiver performances of the week. And for my dud, I had um, the Patriots offense on there. I also had the Jets offense. I'll run that one back. So Jets offense just being an excruciating watch, like always, is my dud of the week. And shout out Alvin Kamara. He's also on there as a dud of the week for just entering the sideline guy. Um, poor guy has to go through months of rehab now. So sucks to see. Yeah, I will say that th- there's a couple more that we kind of missed. DK had that three touchdown game on Thursday oh, night. DK, yeah. Uh, yeah. Debo had three touchdowns today as well. But th- there were a lot of really good performances this week. Uh, Derek Stingley was on mine as well for the two interceptions. Uh, I mean, a lot of good players this week. Yeah, I try. I try not to list a ton off if I'm going first here and take everybody's. All of <laughs> but regardless, uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Engage A Podcast, episode 29. Uh, as always, we will be back on Wednesday to give you a preview of Week 14. I believe th- there's no buys next week, right? We're done with buys now. 
No, there are. I know Cardinals and Commanders have a bye. Oh, I think those might be the two. I think those are the last two. Yeah. Regardless, we will be talking about 15 games then on Tuesday. Until then, you can follow us on all of our social medias in the description. Our Spotify link and TikTok links are down there if you prefer prefer more short-term or audio content. And until next time, we'll see you later.